Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Lizer on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Welcome on in, a Rivalry Week edition of the Movie Zone, which means no one's listening. So we can just uh, go ahead and talk to each other right now, and Let's that'll do it, it for the show. I can't believe what's already happened in the game, Adrian. Yes, it's, it's been wild. It's blowing my mind. I, my mind is blown. My ears are bleeding. They actually kicked it off. Whoa! <laughs> so stay tuned for a Rivalry Game reaction, of course, here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. But this will replay on Saturday and Sunday, yes. so we'll we'll be able to be heard then. Uh, we do have a special show for you. Marshall Moore will stop by from Utah Film Studios. The studios are in uh, the news lately. He's got to clear a few things up, and it's good news. Yes, a lot of people reporting it as bad news. It's not. It's good news. We'll tell you why with Marshall. But Adrian, how are you? I'm good. And I was excited to talk to Marshall. He's a good friend of our show and uh, excited to have him on. He's been a big help to this yes, show. he has. And uh, grateful to continue that relationship there. Uh, we got four movies opening this week, but because Marshall's coming up, uh, we want to leave plenty of room for him. So we're going to have a little bit of a shorter segment here. So Adrian, let's start with the box office report. Who, uh, who who did well last week at the box office, and that's why it's called the, the box office report. Well, Angel Has Fallen made $21 million, so they're probably going to make another one. Oh, great. There you go. Well done, everybody. Yes. I blame you. I'm sure Tony Parks saw that, and that's why we're having to have a 15th one. Yes. A 15th, but... Anyway. Uh, and then the year to date is all Disney. One through six are Disney. They've all made at least $1 billion. Okay. And Avengers is like close to three, isn't yes, it? Yes, 2.8. Stupidness. I wish I would have thought of that. Stan Lee! Yeah, what's that movie? Um, yeah, Hot Tub Time Machine. And he goes back in oh, time yeah. and he steals the idea for Google. And uh-huh. calls it Lugal. Lugal, yeah. And uh, I would go back and I would create the Avengers. Would you call it lighter man? No, I would keep everything the same. I would he, just he—he's like a lighter and, and I would a man just, instead of a spider. Man. I would just I be like the Thomas Edison of comic books. I just go back and steal the idea and okay. then take credit for it. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's the box office report. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about. I guess we'll call them movies that are coming out this week. Um, there's four of them. One's called After the Wedding. Starring Julianne Moore, Michelle Williams, and Will Chase, that yeah. guy. Uh, seeking funds for her orphanage in India, Isabel travels to New York to meet Teresa, a wealthy benefactor. An invitation to attend a wedding ignites a series of events in which the past collides with the present as mysteries unravel. This is 47% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb, and that will be a don't go. Yeah, this seems like just a movie to make. Like they just all decided to make a movie, and I like Julianne Moore. I do too. I like I Michelle, love Michelle Williams. Williams. Yeah. I don't remember who Will Chase is, but other than that, yeah, you're right. This is hey, I want to make a movie. Yeah, who's available? Who's all available? Right. Who hasn't Sign been in up. the Avengers? Uh, the next they, who isn't busy making a superhero movie? <laughs> That's right. Bennett's War is also opening, starring. Uh, Michael Rourke as Marshall Bennett, a young soldier with the Army Motorcycle Unit who survives an IED explosion in combat overseas. He's medically discharged with a broken back and leg and sent back to the U.S. When he gets home to his family farm, he discovers that his dad, 
played by Trace Adkins, mm. is behind in the mortgage and may lose the farm. Against all odds, Marshall pledges to help his family by the only means he knows how as a motocross racer. Michael Rourke, Trace Adkins, and Ali Afshar star in Bennett's War has not been screened, has not been reviewed. Not going to lie to you. Sounds like something I would like. Probably not the best movie ever made. So I'll give it a $5 Tuesday. I will let you tell me whether to <laughs> use $5 on it after it's you see it. It's got your favorite country star, Trace, Trace Atkins. Trace Atkins, he is my Name favorite. me one of his songs. Um, yeah. Um, okay. All blue right. Cans and Pickups. <laughs> no, that's not. No, that's actually Toby oh, Keith, I think. okay. Sorry. Um, um, it's This is what it is. It's a family The Great movie. Plains of Texas. No. Is that a song? I don't think so. Okay. No. No. I don't listen you to out? it. Yeah, I don't really listen to a lot of country music. Uh, this sounds like a family-friendly f- yeah. film with some excitement. With the and it's I think is based on a true story. And anytime the military and all that can be paid attention to and mm-hmm. given a tip of the cap, great. Yeah. All right, <clears throat> two more. Don't let go. Detective Jack Radcliffe gets a shocking phone call from his recently murdered niece Ashley. What? Working together across time, they race to solve the crime before it can even happen. Starring Storm Reed, David Oyelowo, and Byron Mann, it scores 4.7 out of 10 and 47% from doing? Rotten Tomatoes. Now, are you going to go see no. this? But David Oyelowo I like good. David Oyelowo, but I'm going to wait to see what he comes out with next. Okay. And finally, Killer Man. Mo Diamond, or is it Killerman? Mo Diamond is a New York City money launderer who wakes up with no memory and millions of dollars in stolen cash and drugs. Okay, first of all, it says he's a money launderer. He wakes up with no memory and goes, Where'd I get all this money and drugs from? He must soon scour the streets in search of answers while trying to dodge a crew of violent and crooked cops, starring. The newly divorced Leon Hemsworth, Diane Guerrero, and Mike Moe, 5.6 out of 10, and a whopping 20% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. This, uh, I think it's easy to say, Austin, that this week's per, uh, releases is a little thin. <laughs> Maybe they heard college football is coming out. I don't know. Because this is a whole lot of nada. Yeah. No offense to David Oyelowo or... Liam Hemsworth or Trace Julian Atkins Moore. or Julianne Moore. Williams, Oscar winner. But, sorry. Right? Yes. But not... Uh, so. So, yeah. It's a little thin. See what opened last week. Next week, next week It Chapter 2 comes out. So, we'll be able to talk about that. No wonder Angel Has Fallen did so well at the right. box office. And we'll do well again this weekend. Yes, at the box office. Um, I'm a little. I'm looking at the month of September. We're gonna have a lot of fun poll questions for y'all. <laughs> this, <laughs> You'll never hear more stretching done outside of a yoga convention than right here on yes. the movies. Yes, indeed. In the month of September. All right, coming up next. The man, the myth, the legend, Marshall Moore. If there's been a movie or show made in Utah, he was either involved or knew about it before any of us knew about it. He's been in the film industry here for some decades. 
now. And uh, we'll talk to him about the Utah Film Studios, Yellowstone, which is just taking the world by uh, by the hand and showing it how to do television again. And then uh, we'll get into some fun uh, trivia about movies made in Utah right here on the Movie Zone. With the movie zone on 97.5, 1280, the zone and the zone sports network. Welcome back, segment two of the movie zone. Austin Horton, Adrian Lizer here with you. They're listening to the soundtrack of the week, which we'll explain why in a moment. But high school musical, obviously, we love it. Adore it. Let's hear it. Get your head in the game. Yeah. We're all in this together. That's the the theme of the movie zone every week. You know that movie. I know we have other things to talk about, but those movies have still so much staying power with young people. Like that came on my. I have friends who were in High School Musical as extras and really? things like that. Yeah, because it was filmed when I was in junior high, and um, I think I was ninth grade or something. And there's still you meet people in high school now. I coach high school now. They all know every single song from well, High School Musical, and they're making the the uh, another one. Yep. They or they just wrapped another. We'll find out with our next guest, uh, as promised from Utah Film Studios, Marshall Moore back on the on the uh, movie zone. Hi, Hi Marshall. Marshall. It's good to be back, fellas. Yes, welcome we back. missed you. Did you miss us? Yes, it's been a year at least, right? Oh, hold it on. has. Well, it was the 25th anniversary of the Sandlot and filming of the Sandlot in Utah. We have not seen big each event. other since then. We talked, but I don't think we've actually seen each other. I've been in the studio. It's been that long. Great memories of that day when we got to host that Q and A. I hope that we did a good job. I know Austin did. <laughs> I hope that we uh, did that well. It is immortalized in a documentary now. Yeah, you saw that, right? Our Sandlot friend, uh, Forever. Dante Luma has made a, a Sandlot Forever documentary. Awesome. We're going to try to get him on the show to talk about it. You, and you all are in it. You're Sweet. in it. And, Did you uh, see that uh, uh, Reno was here? Patrick Reno was in a layover a couple weeks ago, and he brought his baby over to the Sandlot. He sent a little photo out yeah. there on social media. Yeah, it was he? pretty yeah. cool. Those weeds grew back quick. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's why we have to go do that field maintenance before <laughs> yeah. we do the event. You can't yeah. just show up to these things. But that you was a really cool event. Prep them. Well, I feel like a bad friend that it's been a year since I well, saw you. Well, look, you had, a, you had a baby. Like three days later. Right. Yep, so that's been keeping you busy all year. And, of course, Adrian's probably keeping you busy doing this show yes, and exactly. other shows. So I understand yeah, completely. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad, well, you glad you're back. It's up to me to tell you that I want to come in. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have some business to talk about. We will have some fun today as well, but we want to focus first on the, the business side of why you're here. Of course, our friends at Utah Film Studios, you've been great to us, and we want to return the favor and bring some attention and light to a, a, a piece of news that's happening and maybe get the truth out there more than maybe has been reported thus far. And I'm hearing and seeing that the Utah Film Studios is going up for sale. Well, yeah, it's kind of a soft sale to specific buyers. Okay. I know you both have been up there and you've seen the studio. You've seen it empty. And uh, now it's been, you know, busy the last two years with, um, with Yellowstone. And, that, and that's a good thing um, to have a client in there kind of long term. About as long term as you can get in the film industry is a, is a one-year uh, lease hmm. because you don't TV series only know from year to year whether they're going to get a green light for another season. 
Mm-hmm. So at some point, we find out about one more year. But in the real world of business, a five-year lease, a 10-year lease are how is really how business gets done and how landlords and developers like their leases to be. A one-year lease is just not good enough uh, in, in the eyes of developers. And, and that's what the Crandalls are. Crandall Capital is a development firm. They bought it as an investment to eventually sell. They weren't going to sit on it mm-hmm. for a really long period of time unless they started to build and develop other things on the property because there's still 20 acres that are undeveloped. The studio only takes up 10 acres. It's 91,000 square feet and has the three sound stages, and that's what Yellowstone is currently using. So what the owners are doing right now, they're not selling it because they want to get out. They're selling it because they're developers, and that's Mm -hmm. the nature of their business. That's what they do is buy and sell properties. So they sit on a little bit, Maybe it goes up in value, and then you get a long-term client in there, as long-term as you can get with a show like Yellowstone, and then you look at it and say, maybe this is the time to sell this property so that we can buy another property. It has nothing to do with whether the studio is successful or or uh, not successful, as some people have said, as to the reason why it's for sale. I think that's important to bring up right away is the fact that, I mean, people were in business to make money. And sometimes your business asset, which you said, yeah. they're developers and they were able to create something that uh, would be attractive to another company. And we see this in the film industry all the time. Austin and I talk about the mergers and the acquisitions across the uh, film world all the time. And it's important to note that it's not always just try to get out because it's not good. Yellowstone is getting tons of pub. It has done excellent in its next season. So it's cool to see that a business venture for them has succeeded in such a good way. Yeah, and I think the the, uh, the sheet that they're sending out to potential buyers says that it ma- makes a substantial income. Yeah. So to use the word substantial means that it's successful. You yeah. know, and that's that's the time to sell, if there was a time. They, they could just sit on it and right. have yell- ride Yellowstone till mm-hmm. the end. But... Recently, I don't know if you've seen some of these sales that have been taking place where companies like Netflix yeah. purchased Albuquerque Studios. Yeah. And NBC Universal bought a warehouse um, near Santa Fe, and I believe, and are converting it into a production facility long term. These are both 10 year and longer type deals because it's directly tied tied to the film incentive that exists in that state so they can do all their projects there and get the rebates. Um, And Utah's program is moderate. It's um, conservative, and it's not big enough to host more than one Yellowstone-sized production and maybe one Disney Channel-sized production. Then you're out of money for the year rather than being able to extend that into three or four of those type of productions yeah. and, and more. We've, we've talked about incentives before, and for our audience that isn't uh, familiar with that, it's just the kickback that the state gives to these... Rebate. Uh, sorry, rebate, yeah. not kickback, <laughs> rebate, that these movie uh, people get for us coming in here and spending their money and making their films and TV shows in this state. 
And uh, Utah's is not as big as it needs to be for the growth and the interest that is there. And I think that's important to attach with the sale of the studios is some people see that and go, oh, it must be a falling stock and they want to unload it. No, this is a stock that more people want to get on. More people want to make their movies and TV shows here in the States, not giving them enough money. Is that accurate? Yeah, there's an annual cap. So the, 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 the rebate program is capped each year. And when you hit that cap, the Utah Film Commission's hands are tied. So I look at it as the state is partially open for business, not fully open. We always like to, to have that mantra in business is Utah is open for business. Well, the film industry is partially open. We can only do so much and then the door gets shut and we close our doors and wait until the cycle starts again. On, on July 1st in a new in a new fiscal year. Any shows that are, let's say, going to bring a million dollars or more into the state, they're all going to use a rebate program. So if they can't get it here, they're going to go get it somewhere else. They're going to go get it in uh, incentive states like the popular states like Georgia, New Mexico, um, and, and of course, across the border in Canada. I'm not suggesting we try to be Georgia, Louisiana, New Mexico, uh, or even Canada. I'm just saying we need to expand just a bit. So one of the reasons the owners are considering this sale is because they don't see that expansion happening because they want to grow, too. They will have more mm-hmm. sound stages to build. But why build more sound stages when you can't put anything in them? And that's kind of what's happening there with the incentive portion. And Adrian, right now, uh, this is the best time for that incentive to grow when you've got a, such a successful show like you talked about, like Yellowstone on your hands. Yeah, that's when you need to have this thing grow. Or Westworld, they use the the images of Utah. Yeah, Southern Utah, that. Moab, yeah, Monument and, Valley. Um, we've talked, we had Virginia Pierce a couple oh, yeah. times on the show sure. with the Utah Film Commission. And one thing we always talk about is the fact that you can go, Utah is very uniquely equipped to be able to have great filmmaking as you can go to a metropolitan big city to film in and then an hour later you can be filming a space scene out in the middle of the desert or something like that that. and i i'm with you i think it needs to be expanded because we have such we have so much that many places can't offer well prior to incentives that's what it was all about just what you described it was about the diversity of locations all within close proximity you could fly into salt lake city and then you have the salt flats 90 minutes Mm -hmm. away uh you have the red rock in southern southern utah you have the mountains and the streams and small towns Mm -hmm. so that's what it all used to be about until the business of film took over and uh, when Canada started offering those those rebates, mm-hmm. uh, productions were literally leaving the United States, taking just a handful of people with them and hiring Canadians to make all the the movies uh, because of the fed, of federal tax. Federal tax. <laughs> what's that a boot? <laughs> well, there's so many. I've seen. I've, I've, well, named shows, but there's a lot of shows that say they're filmed in, or they take place in Southern California. And you're like, that's not Santa Barbara. That's no that's well, Vancouver. That's like, hey, that that's was the, <laughs> the Sandlot took place in Southern California, but they shot it right. here. So you can shoot movies anywhere. You yeah. just you put a sign out there and say you're somewhere, yeah. and people will believe it. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's not too egregious, like yeah. uh, you know, you say you're in one place that doesn't have an ocean, and then there's an ocean there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So wait a minute, that's not or you know the mountains aren't don't exist in kansas you yeah. know so th- that, that's you can't do that but most things you can do or you can erase the mountains yeah. you know so really it's become the business of film 
and uh, Amy Redford kind of said it really she said it really well she goes I can't just stay here in Utah to make movies because I like it I mm-hmm. have to I have to make a business case to stay here, so a financial case to stay here and make my movie. They all have to do that. They all have to make a financial case to stay here in today's market. So we're able to do that on a small scale with uh, Yellowstone and with um, and with the Disney Channel things that are happening. And then a few small independents peppered throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And so why is it that the incentive is so slow to grow? Why, why is the, the state holding back on growing that incentive? Well, I think by nature, the state is conservative, but we've run a very conservative program since uh, 2004 when it was initiated with $1 million. We tapped that out in four films. It was done. In a week. Then we followed it up with two more $1 million years. We showed that the program was, was bringing business and creating jobs. Governor Huntsman then asked us to be proactive with the legislature. He actually put it in his budget, and then there was a, a moment in time when $4.5 million was added by the governor hmm. uh, from some federal money that he had, and we used all that uh, around 2007 or so uh, to, to bring more. That was, of course, our best year. It equivocates. The, and remember, this is all post-performance. N- nothing is paid out to a production until they've spent. It's like going into the store when you buy something and get a rebate coupon. Mm-hmm. You pay the full amount first, then you mail in your rebate and you get your money back, your you know dollar, two dollars or whatever. It's the same way with this program. The, the, the jobs are created, the dollars are left in all the businesses in rural communities and in big cities, you know, you know, the hotels and the location rentals and the permit fees and the, all that happens first. Then the money is paid out once they've gone through a strict audit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you ha- the state is, can see where the money is coming in before anything is, is paid out. So there was, an, a, a, you know, through the years there's been some differing data egregious data if you if you will that has shown great job creation and diversity of locations throughout the state and number of production days has gone up and tv series is back in the state but there's one number that's kind of a number that uh, everybody looks at and goes well wait a minute it's only bringing this amount this small amount into the, the tax new state tax revenue so we have to change that narrative because we know it's not true and the report was wrong, but that's what the legislature is working with. So we're trying to change that that story right now to show, no, that number is not the correct number, what you saw. Here's what it really is. So we're working on a number that... Are those numbers number, close? What was reported no, to what it is? No, they were probably... Uh, you know, 10 to 12 times wrong. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the higher... It should have been higher wow. uh, than than what they actually saw and are working with, but that's what they have. So we have to show it differently. So between the Utah Film Commission, the Motion Picture Association of Utah, Utah Film Studios, who were a member of the Motion Picture Association of Utah, we have to do a better job of telling the great story that is film and TV in Utah. Right now, it's it's like the golden age. With Yellowstone here, with mm-hmm. High School Musical here, with people working year round, but um, it, it it could expand. There could be bigger shows, and we could be. We're sending a lot of our students away. 
that are getting educated in our film programs here. They're having to leave the state because we're limited in what we can do. So they look elsewhere for work and, and leave the state. Hmm. Well, it sounds like there is solutions here. Just everyone needs to come to the table and kind of read the numbers and everything together. Cause yes, education I, I think what you talk about is important too, is that people are looking to make some, make money. It's got to be a business decision. So if we cap out those resources, they have no, you can't just stay in Utah cause you love it. You got, you have to go. It's good for your business. And yeah. I think it's, I think though that the legislator is all about, we talked this state is great for small business. The state is great for business. Sounds like if the numbers and everything are presented in a accurate way, that there could be some headway going forward, I think. And this data study was great, except for that one number. Right. I mean, you look at the chart and you go, this is great, great job creation, check, you know, uh, production days, check, uh, types of movies, films coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything was good, except what was the, the new state tax revenue number, which we knew was wrong. When we saw it, anybody that's close to the industry, all the producers, production managers, uh, they'd look at that number and go, there's no way that it's that low. And so that's the number that has to be uh, examined and and redone. And that's the number that carries the weight in this decision. That's the only thing the governor looks at. The bottom right of that page. (laughs) He doesn't care about days spent (laughs) and types of movies and number of movies. He cares about number of dollars coming to the state of Utah. And when that number's not accurate, he he doesn't get the the right information to be able to to support having a larger incentive it almost appears that the film industry is not making money for the state we all know that it is but we have to show mm-hmm. to legislative leadership and to the governor and his staff that the film industry is good for the state financially um and we can do that it just somehow that number made it through a data study and that is in the consciousness of everybody uh, that makes those decisions. Maybe they just misplaced a comma or something. Or 10. <laughs> must, be, must be a typo. Yeah, it must be a typo. Uh, <laughs> you said something about New Mexico, and I think you said, is NBC that bought a warehouse in Santa Fe? Yeah, yeah, they're going to put down roots for 10 years for at 10 least. 10 years. And Netflix and Albuquerque. Uh, yes. Right, and they're committed for years, decade, a decade. Yeah, for and that we'd one love to do that production company at the studio. That's the type of client we're looking for. But they're also going to look at yeah. the incentive, and that's because uh, I'm thinking here, Yellowstone has enough of a following now and enough of an audience that I think it's going to be around for quite a while on television, making it, making shows and making seasons. What we don't want to see happen is something of that gravity that can pull other shows and productions to Utah losing out, going elsewhere, because that incentive is not there. We could be committed to having Yellowstone here for years if that incentive were bigger, and then they could bring in even more on top of that. So I am doing right now some research. And this goes back to my days at working at the Utah Film Commission when we used to make presentations. And we get to a point in the presentation where we have a slide called Lost Opportunities. And it was the most revealing and interesting slide of the entire presentation because they would look at those and go, well, this production, and everybody was familiar with it. They'd go, oh, that could have come here? Yes. Why didn't it? We have the locations and everything. Mm -hmm. No, it was a business decision they went somewhere else so in the last few years 
that I worked there, there were two very significant shows that literally sat in my office and said, we'll open up a production office in the next few weeks if you increase your incentive because we just didn't have it. Then uh, When Calls the Heart, which is in its sixth year in Canada <laughs> now. Um, it's on the Hallmark Channel. The Hallmark Channel. Producer was Brian Bird was one of the producers of Touched by an Angel. Mm-hmm. He wanted to locate that series here. I, I begged and pleaded all the way as far as I could within my organization of uh, the Governor's Office of Economic Development to see how we could get them here. Six seasons, I, I don't know what the number is. It was like, it's been like $24 million or something that that would have been left in the state from that series. Jeez. But even a bigger one, Leverage. Um, yeah, that went to Portland, and I had them in my office as well, and it ended up going five seasons or, or so, spending about $33 million per season in Portland, oh, or, yeah. per Portland season? Oregon. Jeez. Yes. Well, Yellowstone is twice that. <laughs> well, it was. I don't know what it is now. Yeah. I, I don't know all the numbers. I'm just That's estimating. That's a lot of money that should have been ours. But exactly, and we had to basically say we're not open for business so all we're trying to do expanding the the rebate program is to keep our doors open for business year-round and we can do that with 15 or 20 million it doesn't have to be unlimited it doesn't have to be a hundred million like new mexico is doing all it has to be is maybe doubled from where it is right now so it's like 9.3 go to 15 to 20 million and we'd be busy year-round, and we can also bring maybe two or three series the size of Yellowstone to the state. Well, sounds like there's a lot of work to do, but I think we're getting closer. What do you think, Marshall? I think well, we need help. We need help. <laughs> can any of our – is it this like a write-your-congressman kind of situation? It is. I mean, would like look, some of our listeners are getting involved? Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a lobbying organization called the Motion Picture Association of Utah. Uh, so mpau.org. Okay. You can uh, log on to them, become a member of that organization, because the bigger the numbers are in that organization, the more it shows a unified effort. Um, yes, if there's constituents listening to the show that can uh, write something really short, say yeah. it's important to have the, the film industry in the state of, uh, of Utah, and we support the motion picture and center program that's all it really needs to be to and then title the in the subject line put constituent uh that's what it can be but i think joining the mpau okay is it's fifty dollars a year and um it, that's for ind- for an individual and they hi- they have lobbyists that go on to capitol hill and and work on behalf of the film industry so utah film studios also joined in that effort this year we're a member of the mpau we also brought in a lobbyist to work with the mpau so we had two lobbyists on the hill uh, last year to help us and a million dollars came out of the session last year added to the cash program so we went from about 8.3 to 9.3 million dollars last year which was progress the right way it's the the right right way yes yes we were all happy that we made progress and didn't go backwards cool so but it uh, needs to be bigger than yeah that. yeah it, it, if we want to do what you know we look at ebay and we look at adobe and we look at yeah. facebook and all those big name value companies that have come to the state which is great for utah well the film industry has name value companies too that everybody can identify with certainly. you know uh, certainly netflix uh, that's just the, the most popular thing uh, but then you've got amazon prime you've got google you've got youtube um, 
all the streaming services that are out there now, they're all looking for homes. And we can give them a home here in Utah, just one of them, and it would make a tremendous difference. So you can help by going to mpau.org, pledge your $50 a year to join there, uh, solicit your state legislature representative with a short email, put constituent in the subject line, and uh, we're, we're going to make this happen. We're gonna, th- this is money that needs to stay in Utah. This is something that needs to grow and will only help us create jobs. That, not only that, but bring in more revenue, more tax dollars to the state of Utah that they can hold on to and then benefit the rest of us, spending it on all of us. Well, and the rebates are only paid for hiring Utah residents mm. and, U- and using Utah goods and services. So it's not like we're paying a rebate on an actor's salary that lives in California. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Good point. So these are all for Utah job creation and Utah businesses are the beneficiary of the incentive program. He's Marshall Moore of Utah Film Studios. Can you stick around? Have a yes. little fun on the other side? Oh, I'd love to. We'll take a break. Coming up on the other side, we'll get into some uh, movie trivia with the state of Utah. This is the man, the treasure trove of knowledge when it comes to movies shot and made in Utah. Utah. This guy's been involved in all or at least most of them. We'll talk about it next here on the Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Leiser on 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Final segment of the Movie Zone here this week. Austin Horton, Adrian Leiser, and Marshall Moore back with us. And let's have a little fun. Let's talk some movies. Movies made in Utah. TV shows made in Utah. We've talked about your background before, Marshall. Uh, you are you were with the Film Commission for so many years. Now you're with Utah Film Studios. If there's been a show or movie made in Utah, I could almost bet my life on it you've known or had something to do about it. Well, if it was from, if it was from 1993 okay, right. forward, uh, yes, because that's when I came to the state. I actually came to Utah because of a movie. I got hired in California to work on a miniseries for ABC called The Stand, and uh, I had to leave home for about seven months uh, to come work in Utah and be the location manager for that for that ABC miniseries. So that's what started me on my path to Utah. About a year later, I then ended up uh, buying a home here. <laughs> and <laughs> how many movies would you say you've been involved in with this in the state of Utah? Well, hundreds. Do you know a number? Hundreds, if you count my days at the film commission. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you know, working on them, you can you know, because a movie takes a certain period of time to make. I worked on one show for almost nine years that was touched by an angel. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, you know, I've lived in the state 25 years. Nine of those years were spent on one one show. <clears throat> but I also worked on one of uh, your favorite movies. Um, there we go. Yes. I Austin's went, been itching to talk about this. I one. went to work for a company. After my days on the stand, uh, can I tell you a story? Of course. Do you have time for this? <laughs> While you're here? Yes. <laughs> okay. So... I after the stand, I went back to Los Angeles, and I actually was the location manager on the final installment of the Nightmare on Elm Street series called Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah. You might be familiar with it. So as I was working on that, um, we decided to to uproot California and move 
moved to Utah. And I thought, oh man, am I making the right decision? How am I going to work in Utah? I'm going to have to come back to LA. But as I was um, returning my walkie-talkies from my department uh, on, the, on the last days of that production, I, I walked into an office and I glanced over somebody's shoulder and there was a piece of paper sitting on the desk. And it was a list of all the movies shooting all over in the United States. And there was one single movie mentioned in Utah where I was going so I wrote I made a note of it I wrote the address down and all it had was an address and the name of the company on South Temple in Salt Lake (laughs) and I'm like okay so I move here about a month later I'm like all right I get up the courage I'm gonna go drive to that address and introduce myself and I, I'm thinking this is make or break for me. I mean, there's only one thing going on in Utah, and if I don't get on this, I'm back to L.A. My family will be here, but I'm going to have to work with my contacts yeah. in, in Los Angeles. So I knocked on the door, and I was greeted by Shauna Miller-Shane. Uh, I didn't know her at the time, but she was the production secretary at the time for the Lucadia Film Corporation. They were located on, on South Temple. And they were in the beginnings of making a series of family uh, type movies um, that would have ultimately end up on the Disney Channel. They were like, uh, you know, made for a couple million dollars and then sold. Mm-hmm. So I got introduced to Don Shane, who was the producer, and he said, Oh, your timing's great. We're looking for a new location manager. Our location manager decided to open up a grocery store. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Great. So he sits me down, he goes, Can you start next week? And it turned out uh, that I did a string of, um, I think it was eight consecutive movies over a two-year period with the Lucadia Film Corporation, which is no longer in business. But one of those movies was one of your all-time favorites called The Paper Brigade. I love that movie. I <laughs> love cool. that movie. And, and you we're should. we're coming up on 25 years? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to come in and talk Paper Brigade with you, aren't we? Yeah. With uh, director Blair True and absolutely. maybe some of the cast that's still around. Yeah, Mi- Mikey Peterson, he's up there. We'll get him on. See, yeah. see. That's, that's a great story. Another so one someone of those who was had... uh, just like Dad. Yeah. With, yes. Uh, Wallace, Blair True directed that too. The, Wallace uh, Shawn. Wallace Shawn. Yeah. I worked on that. That's so that was the Lucadia film. So you movies. sounds like you watched all those movies that I was working on. Those not only watched owned. <laughs> owned. Yes. <laughs> you had to own them. I think. Yeah, for I think, sure. I think that was the only you way. I think you had to own those each. movies. Yes, I think so. No, but we really. <laughs> That's the only way you could see them. You had to buy them. Yep. Yeah. No, really. There was another one called Picture Perfect. I don't know if that was made here but it was was it pixel perfect pixel perfect yes that was made here but i didn't i didn't work on that yeah yeah but there was like coyote coyote summer undercover kid undercover kid i'm in that did you know that i didn't know i played the park ranger in (laughs) undercover kid there's there's one scene the director turned to me one day when we were scouting and she goes do you think you can do this part? I don't really want to cast anybody, but it's like five lines. You can go ahead and do this, right? And I'm like, yeah. So the day of the shoot comes, and like I get no direction. I I haven't acted since I was like eight years old, and all of a sudden I'm standing there face to face with um, I don't know if you know him, but like, I think he goes by the name Ari Navari. You'll have to look him up. But anyway, you'll you'll recognize him. He's a very recognizable a- a- actor, and I'm standing there face to face with him, and like 
acting huh. with with no direction at all. <laughs> I'm just like, isn't somebody supposed to be telling me what to do? Someone <laughs> did that for me once, and then I got cut out of the movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that was one of those. Yeah. Go figure. I thought I was going to get cut for sure, but it's <laughs> but it's in there. So, uh, what are your some of your favorite? Uh, Utah location films. I always have certain things that come to mind. Pirates of the Caribbean when he's trying to drag the ship in the when he's in the so absolutely uh, purgatory, so to speak. Davy Jones Locker. Davy Jones Locker. So there's an interesting story there. My very first day on the job at the Utah Film Commission, I was contacted by the location manager Laura Madison to help secure the salt flats, and it was literally. Two years later that they actually went and shot there from the wow. first day I talked to her. Oh, very cool. And we brought Governor Huntsman and his family out there. And when this show is over today, I'll show you the picture I have on my phone taken with Johnny Depp on the Salt Flats. Oh, very cool. So you have so a great cool. memory. Yeah, and then I think of um, I was thinking of Galaxy Quest when they were clearly in Goblin Valley. And then uh, True. people uh, think right across the street here with the Devereaux Mansion yes. with Dumb and Dumber, but people don't realize... There's a lot of places in Utah that are in the Lakai, the restaurants, the airport. Um, the airport. There's a lot of locations in that movie, in Dumb and Dumber, that are Salt Lake slash Utah. And it's fun. I, we talk all the time when we talk, Austin and I, about local filmmaking. It's fun to you can see Utah in so many different ways in film. Well, it sounds like you're a historian yourself. You guys yeah. sound like you know a lot, and you should because you do this show. I'm very, but, I'm less, I you, know less of the Disney Channel originals. But I awesome. did not work on Dumb and Dumber, but I have a lot of friends that did yeah. in the location department, on the crew. Uh, that's a that's a big one for the state and yeah. and for those who worked on it. It's interesting. I, Dumb and Dumber is being done when I was doing Wes Craven's New Nightmare right mm. before I came back uh, to live in the state. Oh, very cool. And then, of course, you have the Sandlot and. Mm. Jeremiah Johnson and one of my favorites that I don't talk about a lot because just seems to be off the radar but should be right on is Forever Strong. Have you oh, seen yeah, that? That's yeah, that's a great yeah. movie. Gary Cole, maybe Gary Cole's best work. It, I believe it is career. Gary Cole's yeah. uh, best work. He, and it, Gary Cole from Office Space. He's one of the Bobs. Oh, no, yeah, he's yeah. not Bob. He's uh, the what's his name? Lundberg. Mm. He plays Lundberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a couple friends of mine made that Ryan Little and Adam Abel. You should probably have them. Uh, on this show but uh, when I started work at the film commission they say hey which poster do you want to hang over your desk and I picked Forever Strong plays uh, Larry Gelwicks yes the, plays movie. Larry Gelwicks Midnight Clear is another one of my favorites oh, uh, yeah. yep. uh, so my, uh, just by way of mention my five favorite movies mm. of all time from five to one wow Love and Basketball whoa that's not five okay that's five yeah number four The Sandlot whoa number three Dumb and Dumber Number two, Saving Private Ryan. And number one, The Shawshank Redemption. Hmm. Well, you and I have the same number one. Okay. But two of those were made in Utah, Dumb and Dumber and The Sandlot. Yes. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Five, Two of my top five movies. And the time. odds are not really with us when no. it comes to greatest movies of all time. And you've got two on your list. I'm right there, too. I mean, Jeremiah Johnson is one of my... One of my top tens. I know it's a little bit before your time. No. Have, you, have you seen it? We watched yeah. it in uh, in eighth grade Utah studies. Well, there you go. And uh, I brought that up with somebody who said uh, that Robert Redford loves when people bring that movie up to him. 
because so my, it was such a labor of love for him. So my story with that is I actually spoke in a room full of, uh, in the director's lab at Sundance uh, when I was the director of the film commission. And I talked about my love for Jeremiah Johnson and growing up with that movie and wanting to be a mountain man and, and staying in the theater all day long as it repeated and repeated <laughs> by myself really? at 10 years old with him sitting squarely in front of me. Did you As know I'm he telling, was there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I was so nervous. I was about throwing up outside literally before I was pacing because they told me, oh, Redford's going to be here tonight. And I'm like, oh, no. Did you have to tell me that? So, yes. I And then afterwards, he came up and just like you said, was very emotional about that movie because he said it was so hard to make, but even harder to distribute mm. and to get into theaters. He said it sat on the shelf for, for a year. Wow. But I, I think as he described it, it's, it's certainly his favorite or one of his f- favorite films that he's ever done. Well, you know, let's say as we wrap up that um, we can't, at the, like we were talking about in the last segment and talking about some of our favorite uh, movies here, we can't, uh, on one hand, say how great it is to have all these celebrities and stuff visit our city and our state for Sundance. And then on the other hand, say, well, you can't come here and make your movies because we're out of rebates. So I think there needs to be some sort of union in that because I think it kind of is differing ideas. Like, look at us. Look at us. We want you all to come here for a festival, but don't come here to make movies. So, Well, I should certainly appreciate you you both keeping the discussion going and I think it needs to keep going right up to the to the session that we need to continue to educate and say hey here's what's going on and why it's going on it just doesn't happen automatically yeah. or by accident totally visit mpau.org if you want to get on board there solicit your local rep or state legislature representative and we'll make that happen but Marshall fun to talk movies fun to have you in and uh, good luck with everything at Utah Film Studios. Thanks, guys. Keep yeah. up the good work. Thanks Talking movies. Yeah. yeah. That's Marshall Moore. He's Adrian Lizer. I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you next week on the Movie Zone.